Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Now, if you had your Bible before you, you would find these words so written. And at the time in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, when his earthly ministry was coming to a close here on this earth, and he was trying to prepare his disciples for what they should be involved in. And it starts in the book of John, the 13th chapter. You know, John understood the Lord in all probability, more perfectly the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ than any of the other disciples. And this is what he understood as he was there in the upper room and was so close to the Lord. And he picks up the heart of what was going on. And you can't help but pick it up as you listen to what he has to say. And John is saying, he says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, he departed out to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And here's one of the most beautiful statements you're going to find for confidence in doing what a person needs to do. Listen to this. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garment, girded himself with a towel, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. He came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not know now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hand and my head. Jesus said to him, he who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but he is clean all over, and you are clean, but not to all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, you are not all clean. When he had washed their feet and taken his garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? May God help us this morning to understand something of what went on here within the upper room that last night that the Lord Jesus Christ was here upon the face of this earth. Now, when we think about the upper room situation and the upper room scene, Today, it is something that comes to our mind. We know that the meal was connected with it and this beautiful thing that Christ gave to us. Uh, when he gave to us this beautiful thing that we know as the Lord's Supper where we have a right to come apart and the opportunity to come apart in a, in a sense and to come to him and to commune with him and to commune with one another. And being the highest center of our worship, I don't suppose there's anything else within our worship service that is any more meaningful to us 
and then communion. I suppose if I take a poll this morning, that most of us would say, at least 99 and 9 of us who are here would say, yeah, the most meaningful worship experience that I have been in and continue to be in, in all probability, is connected with communion. It is here that the things have happened to me in the citadel of my soul uh, that is so meaningful to me, and it continues to happen here. It is by far the most meaningful service to me uh, that I could ever possibly be in and that ever have been in. Now, that's not to say that the other service is not great and you can't sense the, the presence of the Lord and it's not meaningful, but systematically, there is something that is the high part of our worship as we approach God. We think about this in terms of peace and tranquility. When I think about the upper room scene, uh, for the most part, or I think about coming to the Lord's table as something that's at the citadel of my soul is, is put at ease. And, and I think about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is here that I have my most pleasant thoughts. And you know you can't have pleasant thoughts until your heart to be any other way. It's going to follow what you think. And so you see this as something beautiful and something wonderful, and rightly so. But I want to remind you all of the fact this morning, before we come to the Lord's table, that this was not the original situation. It was not a place of, of love. It was on the part of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that upper room scene that night, the last night that the Lord was here upon the face of this earth, was so tense. And the air was fairly must have been charged with tension and frustration and hatred. And in such a way that the Lord Jesus Christ was not able to do what he really wanted to do. It was charged in such a way I have a, I can conjure up a picture within my mind and I see a room that's uh, like a, one of these political conventions. Uh, that the caricature of one of them, where the fog and the smoke in the back room where the decisions are made. The smoke is so heavy in there that the ones who are in the room can hardly see one another. Being so smoky and foggy in there, you could almost slice it with a knife. Well, tension was that way in that upper room of long ago. It was everything but a peaceful situation. And it was so heavy within there that uh, I am quite sure uh, that uh, one could almost slice it uh, with a knife. Now, what was the cause of the situation being like it was? Now, let me call to your attention for you to think about as you think within your own heart. The reason it was so is simply this. The Lord had already told the disciples that he was going to go to Jerusalem. And going to Jerusalem, he had already told them what was going to happen when he got there. It wasn't going to be a picnic. It wasn't going to be a shopping spree. It wasn't going to be a place where we'd go and have a good time. I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and there they're going to mistreat me, and you're going to be mistreated, and you're going to be abused, and you're going to be crucified, you're going to be betrayed. I'm going to die. Now, folks, I don't care whether it be in that situation anywhere. I find it the same today, and I don't have to check your heart to know what I'm talking about. Because all I have to do is check my own heart to know that I don't like that situation at all. The fact of it is I don't like to be in any kind of a situation where I have the possibility of being misunderstood. I don't like to be in a situation where uh, that uh, might extend the possibility of uh, losing some hide. I don't want to be put in a situation where uh, that uh, my integrity is questioned. I don't like to be in those kind of a situations. But unfortunately, 
The call of God is, is for you to stand and take a stand. Unfortunately, the hour comes when we have to stand up to be counted. Unfortunately, it comes to the place where a man or a woman has to be honest with their soul as God speaks to them. The Son of God did not want to happen to him what happened when he went to Jerusalem. But it happened. And I can appreciate something of the reluctance of the disciples to go when he told them that it's going to be a difficult situation. But let this be said for the disciples. They went. They went. Not only that, the temple situation. When Jesus went into that temple situation, it looked like he, you know, I, I can almost understand the disciples, uh, they may have not said it, but if I'd have been there, I'm quite sure that I'd have been involved in the situation. I said, now, did he have to do that? Did he have to go into the, the temple there and just, uh, you know, beat on the beehive, so to speak, and get them all mad? Did he have to go in there and throw all of them out? Did he have to go in there and tell them that they were headed in the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing, and that they were abusing the temple of God? Now, any man with a right mind would know that you don't walk into a situation like that and call for people to make a commitment to God in a different way without someone being mad at you. And they had sense enough to know that they had done a no-no and that those people that Jesus had upset would return to get their pound of flesh. And my friends, it worked out exactly that way. I wonder if there could have been another way. But then, I don't suppose they heard God speaking to the Lord Jesus Christ as Jesus heard him. You know how little and small the human heart really is. Scares me. Not your heart. Again, my own heart. It scares me when I think about how fickle we really are. How little and small the heart really is. Now you would have thought that Jesus leveled with them and he told them exactly what was going to happen and what was going on and what was going to take place when he got there. You would have thought the disciples now on the way to Jerusalem that they had the courage and the faith to follow the Lord Jesus Christ to Jerusalem, you would have thought, now listen, they, they're going to be thinking thoughts that, uh, uh, they're going to be thinking, now how can we best protect him? How can we best comfort him? How can we best support him in this terrible ordeal that he's going through? How can we best surround him with our love and our presence and our care and our concern? It's something that God has called on him to do and he must do it. We will have to accept it that way. But how can we support him in this awful ordeal that he has to go through? Now, you just know that's what they were talking about on the way to Jerusalem. Well, that's not what they were talking about. And they were mad at one another because two of them, James and John, had gone to the Lord Jesus Christ to put their mother up, as one of them has, one gospel has it, to ask for the right hand the left-hand side, the places of power in the kingdom of God. And so actually they were jockeying for positions within the kingdom of God. Who's going to be the greatest? They weren't thinking about the Lord. 
They wasn't thinking how to protect him. They wasn't thinking how to support him. But they wanted to know now which one of us is the greatest in the kingdom of God. That's what we were talking about on the way to Jerusalem. That's what they were talking about when they came to the, to the upper room. I don't care whether you find it within the upper room or whether you find it uh, in any room or any church anywhere. Now, this type of spirit and this type of uncommitment are like a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom will destroy anything. It will pollute any fellowship. It will keep any group from being what God intended for them to be. Now the result of such a spirit, let's take a look at it. You know, it destroyed the intent of the fellowship that Jesus had in mind for that little group. When pride dominates and ambition runs wild, it always ends up the same tragic place. The same tragic place. You see, it also closed the eyes to the common courtesy that they and responsibility that they had one to the other. And they were no more concerned one with the other. It's interesting to see how John picks up what Jesus did and makes it just paints it in bold letters for us to read. The common courtesy was for one of them, one of the disciples, to take their station at the door. When the other disciples came in, it was their responsibility to take the pan of water and to wash their feet and to dry and then proceed on to the table or onto the chair or whatever, wherever they were. But in this situation, you see, because they had been so abusive one to the other on the way to Jerusalem, that no one stopped at the door. Who could afford? Who could afford to stop and do the common, give this common courtesy one to the other. It was not done. It was not done. They were sure that the one that would do such a thing as this would not be listed as being the greatest in the kingdom that was yet to come. They closed their mind to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Difficult for Peter to understand. I can see this uh, group as Jesus gets up from the table and goes and gets the basin of water and begins to prepare himself. Something a teacher did not do. A teacher did not do this thing. Peter caught it. Or John understands. Peter began to pick it up immediately and he began to rebel against the thought. Oh, well, the, the, it's the servant that does this, not the teacher, not the master. And if old Peter was up at the head of the line, as he usually was, he was up at the head of the line, you know. And then when he saw what Jesus was doing, I can see Peter, maybe it was not exactly this way, but in his mind, he went back to the foot of the line. And then when Jesus was approaching him, he was a thing that he rebelled against emotionally. And he said to Jesus, you can't do this. And Jesus issued some strange words to him and said to him, Peter, if I do not do this to you and for you, you have no part and place in the kingdom of God. And then some strange words, and thank God for them, as we understand it now. He says, now, he said, well, Lord, my feet is not the only problem that I have. How about my head? Well, I think, how about my head? And Jesus said these beautiful words. He says, now, a man that's already bathed, a man that's already been forgiven. Why, he doesn't have to worry about that at all. Just road dust. Just the thing that you pick up as 
in your daily life that's got to be each day that may have to be adjusted. Take care. Just the dust of the road. And Peter submitted to the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice that when Jesus had done this and moved back to the table, it's unfortunate that they have, I think, that the ones who divided the book of scriptures into the chapters and into the verses, verses and chapters, that they, I think they, they could have done a better job. They should not have stopped with the 13th chapter. They should have taken at least half of the 14th chapter and put it all together. Because we missed the point. Now you see, they were confused and bewildered and frustrated and and every man looked at his own heart, and he knew that it was enough here to, to sink a battleship. And Jesus understood this. He understands us today. You know, he understands us so well. And you know what Jesus said to them to put them at ease? And he picked it up from Peter. He knew Peter was not really the kind of person that, that he, he had revealed himself to be. He knew that all of them outside of Judas were basically honest and good and want to do what was right, just as we do, just you and I today, no different. But he saw that there's things that need to be adjusted and corrected as you go along in life, and thank God for that. You know what Jesus said to the disciples to put them at ease? If you stop in the 13th chapter, you don't get it, but Jesus was still at table when he said this. He was still there. He said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it's not so, I'd have told you. He says, now I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, he says, I'm going to come again. That where I am, there you might be also. What comforting words. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. We come to this table this morning. It is not a Methodist table. We only as Methodists have a, as a church have the privilege of serving. But it is God's table. It is Christ's table. You don't have to be a member of this church to come to this table. Those of you who can say yes to the invitation to the Lord's table, you can come. Put your heart at ease. He loves you. He's ready to forgive you. Me, you, anyone that is here can come. Let not your heart be troubled. Dear ones here at this place this morning as we come. Let us know that from this place we can go and have another opportunity to live and be the person that the Lord Jesus Christ has asked us to be for him and with one another today. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.